I got to the point that I was like, I'm sick and tired of this. I want to feel like myself again. I'm not blaming anybody else. I'm not blaming absolutely a single other soul on this planet, but myself for my health. And that changed everything. That changed everything for me. So I was like, I want to learn to be the best at something. And I know that I'm the best for myself at healing myself. I'm the best at showing up for myself. And that's all that matters to me. Like that's made all the difference in my life. Hello, beautiful people. It's your host, Danielle Mason, bringing you authentic conversation, transparency around real life experiences, and actionable tips to create your next breakthrough today. Think of this as your home away from home healing oasis where we overshare and overcome obstacles together. Pull up a seat, come as you are, and be ready to leave feeling challenged to reflect, encouraged to take action, and inspired to change. This is the Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs. This one's going to be super special. I am here with a really good friend of mine, Lauda, and she is going to talk about her physical and mental breakthroughs when it came to dealing with chronic health issues and playing the blame game to taking control of her own health and realizing she had to make changes to better her situation. And so I think this is going to be a really powerful subject because a lot of the times it's easy whenever we're going through life, we can not really think of our physical health as something that's important or it's something that can just be easily put off to the side and we don't realize that can also affect our mental health and just our overall well-being and so she's seen amazing breakthroughs through her journey she is somebody who is just self-determined and she really just pivoted in her in her life and her lifestyle and the person she is today is so inspiring so Lauda I'm so excited for them to hear your story and just diving into where you were before and how you got to where you are right now, but taking us back to the beginning of when you were really dealing with those chronic pains and that weight gain and really taking us to that beginning stages of when those symptoms started to occur and just the beginning of your health journey. So guys, I really hope this is as good as the first take because the first take was so good. (laughs) But I'm going to make sure that I can still cover everything I said because what I went through is not particular to me. It's very, very common. So I know that this is going to help somebody. So first of all, thank you, Danny, for inviting me to do this. I am so, so, so happy. And I'm actually really excited being a podcast guest has been something that I've been wanting to do. And this is a very passionate topic that I love to talk about. And I could not have thought about anybody else to do this with. Like, you are the queen of blackouts to breakthroughs. So this is something that I feel is just perfect. So for those of you guys who don't know me, my name is Laura. Like she said, I'm 28 years old and I've been dealing with what I was dealing with, I'm a lot better now, but I was dealing with health issues since I was about 20 years old. Um, I have been dealing with PCOS, IBS, gut issues, depression, anxiety, whatever you can think of. I probably have had it at some point in the last eight, seven years. Inflammation, pain with joints, lack of sleep, lack of um, sex drive, like just hormone imbalance. Like I was going through everything. So a little bit summary about, or like a little backstory about me. I was always active growing up. I'm an athlete by nature. I played soccer. I ran track. I ran cross country. I was always active. I loved joining sports. I loved playing sports after school. I loved being outside and running around and just like moving my body. It's something that I've always loved to do. So I was very fit. I wasn't like your f- typical fit girl, but I was like very thin, skinny. You could tell that I was athletic. And then it got to the point when I graduated high school that I obviously stopped playing sports. I got into college and in college I would still work out, but it was, I got to a point 
right before I think I turned 20 years old that I wasn't working out so, so, so much, but I had just discovered like the gym weightlifting. So I started to weightlift and stuff, but I started to realize that my periods were super, super painful. I started to tell my mom, hey mom, like I've never dealt with painful periods before until now. Something isn't right. I want to go get this checked out. So that was kind of like what tipped off my health issues kind of was just it all started with a very painful period. At 20, 19, 20 years old, I went to the gynecologist. I did the whole test. They do, you know, they do like your your physical. They do a bunch of tests. I asked for blood work to be done because something didn't feel right for my levels, my hormone levels. And the doctor comes back and he didn't tell me anything about my blood test. He just told me, oh, you have very painful periods. We're going to put you on birth control. He's like, I'm going to put you on low, low estrogen. It's going to help all your periods. You're not going to have a single pain. He was super excited and ecstatic about putting me on birth control he made it seem like it was going to be the answer to all my problems but he never once mentioned the side effects he never once said there's a possibility that this can happen the birth control has thousands of side effects you know birth control may affect you in this way no absolutely not I never once heard that I my mom and I she was like okay good this is gonna help my daughter my mom didn't know either so she's like okay this is gonna help my daughter I got on birth control went home took birth control every single day for about almost seven years and that's kind of what I feel honestly threw off my body it made my body worse from that I started to develop over the years I started to develop um, cysts in my ovaries which I thought, okay, birth control is supposed to prevent, you know, like the, the formation of cysts, painful periods and all of that. That's what I was told by my doctor. But I was still getting cysts while on birth control. I was feeling them rupture. And that's something that's really, really painful. If you've ever had a cyst rupture, it feels awful. It feels like there's something like burning inside of you. And it's a really, really painful like sensation. And I was feeling it frequently. And that's what triggered me to go back to the doctor and say, what the heck is going on? I got diagnosed with PCOS and PCOS is polycystic ovarian syndrome, but it's not just cysts in your ovaries. It's so many other things. There's uncontrollable weight gain, depression, anxiety, acne, hair growing on your face, um, losing your hair. You know, you have too much testosterone in your body. Your body's overproducing androgens. So my body was completely in shock and it was completely thrown off. And I told my mom, something doesn't feel right. I was like, something doesn't feel right. I'm supposed to be feeling better on birth control. Like, I want to know what's going on. Years passed. I actually ended up having a cyst removed, which my doctor, my gynecologist at the time, kept telling me that it was a cyst that was filled with liquid. It ended up being a tumor, but she, she thought it was a cyst that was filled with liquid. She's like, it's going to pop by itself. It's going to be painful, but you just have to wait for it to happen. It's kind of like, let, let it pass on its own. I wasn't able to work out for a month. I wasn't even able to wear jeans because I couldn't put any pressure on my lower like abdomen area. She's like, you have to wear things that are loose and everything. And I believed her this whole time. I was like, okay, it's going to pop on its own. I'm waiting for it to pop in a month. I went back a month later and she's like, oh, it hasn't popped yet. And I was like, I don't think so. I feel like if it's something that it's supposed to hurt, I haven't felt it because I've had other cysts rupture. I know what it feels like. And this one's bigger than those. Nothing's happened. And basically it ended up being that she had completely misread the situation and ended up having to have an emergency surgery to have a tumor removed from my ovaries and I almost lost my ovaries like the conversation of um freezing my eggs at I think I was 21 or 20 was like we were having that conversation and I was like what is going on my mom was like yeah we need we might need to freeze your eggs like an oncologist wow. performed my surgery it wasn't even my gynecologist an oncologist because he was like I need to make sure that it's not cancerous and I forgot what it's called, but it's basically my ovary was turned torsion. I think it's called torsion. So basically when your ovary turns, um, you cut off the blood supply to it. And if you cut off the blood supply, your ovary can die. 
And so basically that that's what was happening. There was so much pressure. So the doctor thought it was on my right side of my on the right ovary. It was so big it was covering both ovaries. So wow. when like that also like put me into I don't trust doctors. And right. disclaimer, I, I it's not that I don't trust doctors. I've just you're gonna hear on my story here. I've had a lot of bad luck with doctors. Doctors that unfortunately it's not their fault. It's the medicine that they've been taught and they're not they, they didn't know any better, you know, and you can't blame them. You have to blame the research and them not being informed correctly. So that ended up happening. That led to, I'm not even kidding. I feel like after I had that surgery, like my hormones went nuts. They went like absolutely crazy. My mom remembers it. She's like, you changed completely after I started getting weight. I started breaking out. It was just like that triggered even more issues in my body. And then over time, those issues, apart from being hormonal issues, turned into stomach issues. I started having really, really painful distension in my stomach when I would eat something. Like if I would have tomatoes, tomatoes were a really big trigger for me. If I would have a tomato or tomato sauce or something like a slice of tomato on a sandwich, I instantly went from being like my normal body to a nice month pregnant woman like I had a full-on belly and it wasn't like cute little bloating how some girls are like look I'm bloated and it's cute no I was not cute I was carrying twins okay (laughs) (laughs) and I kind of saw this you know whenever we were in Vegas and it was so wild and I could tell like you were really being affected by just the no routine that we had there and that's just so wild that that was your life yeah what you saw and you saw me in Vegas with my period which was my period, I mean, guys, like I'm going to tell you throughout this process, I'm not fully healed, but I've made such a big difference. And that period in Vegas was actually so bad because I was off of my routine. I was off of my healthy diet and everything. And I was eating stuff that wasn't good for me. And you saw it, like it affected my mood. It affected me physically. I was I was miserable. I felt awful. I felt awful. I didn't feel like myself. And towards the end of the trip, I had the distension. I had the painful bloating. Like I literally walked around and I was like, oh my God, did I just get pregnant here by myself? Like what is going on? Like it was so painful. Um, (laughs) So that was my life for, I'm going to say about like three years, three years straight up of that. It's so Mm -hmm. hard for me to see myself in the mirror sometimes if I'm being completely honest. You know, when you when you get pregnant, your your skin stretches, right? And a lot of moms have stretch marks. I was gonna say wrinkles, (laughs) stretch marks on their bellies. But moms know to expect that. Like pregnant moms know to expect that. So they put oils and all of that stuff. I was dealing with all of that bloating constantly, but I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know that my skin was stretching. When I look at myself in the mirror, I look like I've been pregnant. Like my whole lower belly is covered in stretch marks. And it's something really hard for me to look at because I'm like, wow, I look like I've had a baby and I haven't even had a baby. And I don't mean that in like, oh my God. I mean it in like my body has gone through something so much. I wish I had that beautiful and like that beautiful outcome of a baby to show for it. And I don't. I have like I just have health issues to show for that. And it's like battle scars, but it's really hard to look in the mirror sometimes and be like, it's hard. It's like it's it's a very vulnerable thing, but it's very hard to look in the mirror and be like, wow, I can never get rid of all of these marks. You have to like learn to accept them and love yourself in a different way. But it's difficult because it's something that you can't erase and you can't really take back. So the years of me having those bloating issues led to, apart from the fact that I was bloating, I was actually also dealing with depression and anxiety to the point where that became like my permanent state. I've suffered from anxiety before. I've had anxiety where like you know, you, it passes. It's like, okay, I can control it. I, I I do breath work. I'm able to do something that boosts my mood. You know, I'm able to like get myself into like a stable mode for so long. I couldn't get myself out of it. I was waking up depressed, going to sleep depressed, living my days depressed, anxiety, depression. Like it was something that was just natural to me. I would wake up and I was like, oh, okay, this is it today. Okay. Like it's fine. I didn't feel like I was ever, I was ever going to get back to myself again. I was dealing with inflammation, my hands. I couldn't even curl them. I couldn't fold my hands together. I couldn't 
to wear certain shoes because my feet would swell throughout the day that certain shoes were super painful. You could see my ankles, my wrists, uh, my fingers, my joints, everything swell up as the day would pass. And during this time period, I was drinking water. I was eating relatively healthy. It got to a point where I actually got fired from a job for missing work for a week because I was throwing up uncontrollably. I couldn't hold food down and I had no idea what was going on. And at that time, I wasn't making great money. So I was not about to go to the ER and spend $600 to get checked when I had already known that doctors couldn't tell me what was going on. Before all of this happened, I started to notice that I was obviously having like stomach issues and I was having inflammation and I was like, mom, I need to go to the doctor. Like I don't like doctors, but I need to go figure out what's going on. I need to get tests done. And all of my tests came back within normal range as per my doctors, but not within functioning range, your functional range, which is something that I will go into after when I started to work with my dietitian. And so my doctors were like, you're fine. And I was like, I am not fine. I know I'm not fine. Like, Mm -hmm. do not tell me what's going on in my body when I know that I'm not fine. And I'm someone who is, I'm very, I'm very aware of my body. When something's wrong, I I feel it. I know it. I'm very intuitive. I'm very in tune with my body. That's something that a lot of people in my life tell me, they're like, you always know. And I was like, yep, I just know how to read my body really well. And And that's, that's something that I feel is so we need to be more like that because I feel like I'm definitely not that way. I'll I'll really put things out of my mind. Like if I feel something weird going on, I'm just like, it's probably normal. And I've kind of will suppress those things. So have you always been that way or did you? Yes, just- I think I've always been that way. I've always been someone to be like, mom, something doesn't feel right. But also I think society has made it okay to feel like crap. They're like, oh, you feel mm-hmm. fatigued? It's fine. It's normal. You feel bloated? It's fine. It's normal. And it's not. It's something that... We need to be willing to speak up and say, no, it's not normal to feel bloated all the time. It's not normal to feel like you're dragging, you know, every single day, like you're like falling behind, like you can't focus, like you're blurred, you're fatigued, like all of those feelings, those are not normal and those are not healthy. But society tells you it's it's normal. It's fine. It's because of this. It's because of that. It could be this or that, but it doesn't tell you it's your health. That is it's so big. It's not right. Yes. It's a lot of, uh, what is it? Putting it under the rug. Like sweeping it under the rug. Yeah, yeah, sweeping it under the rug. It's a lot of that. And so that's why a lot of people end up how I ended up with a lot of health issues for so many years because nobody wants to address them. Nobody wants to figure out what the root cause is. And that was my thing. I was like, I need to figure out what the root cause is. I had already started looking into what causes PCOS because I was like, it doesn't just happen by itself. Something has to trigger it. So at the doctor's office, after I got the blood work done, I had three different doctors that I had seen during like a span of like two and a half weeks, I think it was. I I would go back like twice a week to like check in on them and have them do more stuff. And I was asking them for all the tests. And if you've ever asked your doctor for certain panels, a lot of them are very hesitant. They don't want to do it. They don't want to run certain tests. They're like, no, you don't need that. Your insurance doesn't cover that. You don't have to see that. Why do you want that? They, they make mm-hmm. you question yourself. You need to be your best advocate. You need to stand up for yourself and go in there and you need to speak up. You cannot go into a doctor's office knowing that you feel awful and just taking their answers and walking out the door. That's something that I learned the hard way. I wish I never had to go through that, but I learned that the hard way. I had to speak up to my doctors. I used to have to literally scream at them. I screamed at a lot of them towards the end of my my visits with them, telling them like, it's like you guys don't care. You don't care that I feel terrible because all you're doing is prescribing medication. It got to a point where they were like, okay, your inflammation. So there's something called the CRP, um, C-reactive protein. And it basically tells you your inflammation levels in your body. I believe it has to be less than like a 1.0. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys, if you're out there and you're a dietitian. This is just something that I've learned. But it has to be like super, super low. I think it's like less than 1.0. Mine was like at a 13. 
So it was like super, super over that. So that's what worried them. They were like, okay, you have something with inflammation going on in your body. And then at one point it even got to like 18. So they were like, oh, lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, diabetes type 2. I don't even remember what it was, but they ended up prescribing seven different medications to me, like seven different bottles full of pills for all of those different disorders and those different like diagnosis. And um, they told me, well, you're going to take one and you're going to see if it works. And if it works, that's what you have. I want to tell that is literally insane. It's crazy how if it's happening to you or if it happened to you, how many other people it's happening to and how many people are literally sitting in their home suffering and just being like that guinea pig and saying, okay, going to a doctor, trusting who they're going to. And we go to the doctor because we don't know how to fix it ourselves. We don't know what to do. And so we want to go to the professional. And just so how many people are leaving the doctor's office, not feeling heard, not feeling seen, not feeling like they gained anything out of it. And just being prescribed this medication and saying, you know what, we're just going to test it out. Like medication won't affect your health. And it's just wild to me. Apart from the fact that they were prescribing that to me as a medication, as a guinea pig and something that you said, it's like, yeah, people are going home and taking the medication and saying, I trust my doctor. They trust their doctors blindly because that's what we're taught. Like I was saying, society teaches us like our doctors have a role, which is to heal us and help us feel better. But sometimes our doctors are not fully equipped. And a lot of like basic physical, like don't do your physical and stuff, your PCP, your your normal like doctor, I don't know what they're called. They're not equipped with knowing how to heal your body with nutrition. That's what dietitians are for. You know, every doctor has a field, but this doctors, they don't know about that. And but they end up still prescribing medication because they want to help you. They come from a good place. I really do think I do have to say that they come from a good place, but they don't know. So a lot of people are complacent. They go home and they're like, okay, I'm going to do what they say. I'm going to take the medication. And they're never told the side effects, guys. Like I, I'm, I'm saying it because I was not told any of the side effects from the seven medications that I took. The only thing that I was told side effects for was when I had H. pylori. I've had H. pylori three times. During that time frame, I, obviously my gut was screaming for help and I was overproducing bad bacteria, had that bacteria in my gut. H. pylori can lead to, I believe it's stomach cancer. So having it is actually something that like you really have to like eradicate it. When you have it, you have to get it out. And it requires really, really heavy antibiotics for a long period of time. And I had to do three different rounds of that. And for one of the rounds of that, I had to do antibiotics twice because my body wouldn't hold down. That was the only time that my doctors were like, okay, the antibiotics are going to make you sick. You might throw up. That was the only time that I was told side effects. I was never told side effects for anything else. Like even birth control, my doctor was so like giddy, like, yes, you're going to feel better and you're going to have this amazing like period and you're never going to have these problems. And I started getting worse. My period got worse because birth control was not, it's not good for you. And I'm sorry to say it. If you take birth control, I mean, honestly, like there are so many different forms of birth control out there that have no side effects. Okay. And you just need to be willing to look up the research and be willing to sacrifice like that comfort of taking a pill, but the comfort of taking a pill comes with so much harm for you. It's not just a pill that you take and you don't get pregnant. It comes with so much, so many side effects and it's just not worth it. In my opinion, I'm going to be very strong about that because of my story, but you know, like everybody else, everybody has a different, um, a different experience, but I just, I know more bad experiences than good. 
I think you have so much, you know, depth to your story because you have had all these different experiences with different medication and all these things going on with your body. And so I kind of want to touch on how you knew something was wrong with you. Like, what were you feeling in those moments of like with your body? Maybe somebody sitting here right now and maybe they want to, you know, be more in tune with their body. What were the things that what would you tell that person? So I started feeling, um, I started noticing a lot of my PCOS symptoms more than anything. I started noticing hair growing on my face, acne breaking out in like my lower, by my chin area, by like my jaw area. But I've never been someone to have acne. I never had acne before. I have acne as an adult because of I'm healing my body. And when you're healing your body, things always tend to get worse before they get good because you're you're getting everything out. And that was something that I started to notice. I started to notice my weight gain. I started to notice my painful stomach issues. That was the one thing that threw me off. TMI, maybe not too much TMI because we're talking about health things, but I was not solid pooping. Like I was not, I did not have solid stool. I was doing diarrhea like every day, multiple times a day. And I knew that wasn't right. I was like, nope, something's not right. You're supposed to have like a certain texture to your poop. And I didn't, I didn't have that. And I had painful Every single time I was digesting food, I felt it was just painful. I saw inflammation in my body and my mental health took a really big hit. I've always been a very happy person. I've always been someone that like, I don't know, was just like giddy, happy, cheerful. And I started to feel like I was dim and dark and unhappy and really like also kind of cynical because I was at the point where I was just, oh, I'm over this. Like, I don't, I don't even care if I don't wake up tomorrow. Like I got to that point where I was just frustrated with how I was feeling that I was like, I don't, I don't even care. My depression got so bad that I was like, no, I need to do something about this. So if you're feeling any of those things, know that you can feel better. There's something out there that's going to make you feel better. A lot of times what we're doing while we're feeling that way is adding fuel to the fire. I was feeling depressed and anxious. So I was going to food for comfort and I was eating bad food. And I knew I was aware that I wasn't supposed to be eating bad food because I was trying to get my body to be better. But we are emotional people. We're emotional. We're emotional beings. And I'm an emotional eater. I still mm -hmm. am an emotional eater. If I'm having a hard day, I'm like, what can I get in my refrigerator that's going to comfort me? I need some sourdough. And like, I need some bread or something, you know? And, and I started to comfort myself with food. And I started to put myself into a place that was actually further away from where I wanted to be. I was making my health worse. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling any of these things, please, if you really trust in your doctor, go to your doctor's office and advocate for yourself ask for blood tests ask for your hormones to be tested ask for your vitamin d levels to be included in those tests ask for you know for them to actually figure out what the root cause tell them that you don't want to just take medication to treat your symptoms all of the things that i mentioned are all symptoms none of that is the root cause the root cause mm -hmm. to my issues ended up being my gut my gut health and i learned that when i started working with my dietitian and it was something that completely opened my eyes to gut health and how I can actually get better with food and I can actually get better with drinking water, getting sunlight, going out for a walk, eating better, managing my stress a little bit more, sleeping, which is something that a lot of us don't do. We are in this like hustle, 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 hustle mode that we don't pay attention to our sleep patterns. We don't pay attention to if we're resting or not. And all of that takes a toll on your health. So that's something that I would say definitely advocate for yourself, but also know that you need to remove your desire for instant gratification. When you're healing your body, it's something that is not easy. Okay. Healing is ugly. If you've ever gone through any healing journey, healing is ugly, but it is always worth it. And healing your body, healing your mind, probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And I'm still doing it. So it's the hardest thing I've ever actively done. But when you release instant gratification and you become very comfortable with delayed gratification, it gets better. Don't put yourself on a time period. Don't say 
in, in a month, I want to lose 10 pounds. Absolutely not. I think that's the biggest mistake because I've been there. I've done that. Guys, I was literally over 45 pounds overweight. I was considered obese. I was... I mean, if you saw me, yes, you could tell that I was overweight, but I didn't look obese. I just hated when they would say, you're obese. I'm at the doctor's office, I hated it because I was just so insecure about my weight. Mm-hmm. But definitely, like, just become really, really comfortable with the idea of delayed gratification. If you show up for yourself, if you show up for your health and you just take small steps every single day, it's going to add up and it's going to show, but it's not going to show instantly. And that's what happens to a lot of people. A lot of people end up starting to take their health seriously, but they don't see the results they want. So they start thinking to themselves, what's the point of this? Why am I doing this? I'm not seeing the results. It's just really even working. Um, am I doing something wrong? And, you know, like you're asking, you start to doubt yourself and you start to doubt the process and then you quit. And then all you do is you end up back where you were or you end up worse than where you started. So definitely be patient. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I know that there's people listening to this who really needed this and really needed to hear everything that you just said because I know I needed to hear it. I am seeing symptoms popping up out of, out of nowhere and it's I think it's related to because I have the Nexplan on in my arm and I've had it in my arm for the last three or four years and it's upcoming and I didn't have a period during it and I didn't have acne I dealt with bad acne whenever I was like in middle school but since I was like throughout college I never had it but it now is flaring up and I'm also having runny stool and different things. And so I definitely needed this conversation because (laughs) I feel like, and I've been kind of feeling that way for a while, but knowing that, okay, I can really come to heal myself once I, number one, become aware of it and realize that it's not normal. Like you said, I definitely need to hear that. And then doing my own personal research. And then I'd love to hear with your dietitian, because it sounds like that was like really a pivotal point in your health journey. So I'd love to dive more into that. Yeah. So my dietitian has probably played like one of the biggest roles. I think my dietitian and 75 Hard, I can talk about that after, but my dietitian actually taught me so much. When she first interviewed me, she asked me to bring my mom because this is crazy, but she was like, I need to know how your mom's health was before she got pregnant with you. Because basically how your mother, how the mother of the baby is, whatever she's dealing with, whatever health issues she's dealing with, you pass that on to the baby's microbiome, which is your gut. Your microbiome is built up of what your dad's is and what your mom's is. So my mom wanted to come with me. She wanted to understand as well. When my mom, right before she got pregnant with me, she was dealing with strep throat. She had strep throat often. She would get like the strep infection often. She had painful periods. She was dealing with a lot of health issues. We were living in Colombia. I was born in Colombia. So it was just like different doctors obviously over there. But she was dealing with a lot of things that I actually ended up dealing with when I got older. I I was shocked. I was like, what does that have to do with anything? And she's like, because of what your mom went through, you experienced it. Growing up, I remember every single Christmas Eve, I was sick. Every single Christmas Eve. I was sick to the point where they had to put a suppository in my butt (laughs) to control my fevers because I was uncontrollably sick. I had strep throat more than three times a year. My doctors were like, oh, we're going to try to get rid of your tonsils. And at the time, I was like, yes, get rid of my tonsils. But now I'm like, no, everything in my body serves a purpose. Like the 
the, the solution is not to remove it. The solution is to figure out what the root cause is, which was my gut. That right there is so good. Yep. That's it's, so it's, good. I know you're going to love this, but I, I really did for so long. I was like desperate. I'm like, why aren't the doctors taking out my, my tonsils? I've had strep throat for like the fourth time this year. And then it got to the point that I was like, no, God made us the way he made us. Everything plays a purpose. Everything has a role in my body. My tonsils is not the cause of it. Something else is. And I ended up finding out it has to do with my gut. When I moved to the States from Colombia, I was five years old. The food in Colombia is different. That's another thing that, she, that my dietitian told me. She's like, you were raised on very clean, organic food in Colombia. When you come to the U.S., there's a lot of GMOs, there's a lot of pesticides, there's a lot of additives in the food, and your body and your gut were not used to that. So she's like, you were sick often because your body was adjusting. You were also sick often because it was already you were already predisposed to it, which is another reason why I take my health so seriously now. My goal is to be a mom one day, and I don't want to pass on anything to my kids. I want my kids to to have the advantage of not dealing with what I dealt with. So I take my health very seriously. I want to get my gut into such a healthy state that when I'm pregnant, I can pass on good things to my kids. You know what I mean? So my dietitian asked me about my health when I was a kid. When I was a teenager, she asked me about absolutely everything. She went so, so deep. Our, our consult was like three hours. And I was just the whole time I was I was stunned. And just by looking at me, she's like, you have gut issues. She's like, I just know it. I can see it. Like she's like, it's written all over you, your inflammation, your acne, your weight gain. I have like a lower belly area, like stubborn fat. I had like that basic PCOS body, which is a pear shaped when you hold a lot of weight in your lower abdomen. She's like, you are the definition of like you need you need gut help. So I started working with her. Um, I ended up doing she had put me on like a certain regimen for my body. She ended up trying to figure out what foods were triggering me, trying to get my gut to like a healthy state. She had me taking some like um, supplements because I had some some of my levels. She had me do blood work. Some of my levels were really low. So she was trying to get me to what I was talking about earlier, normal and functioning range. When you do blood work with your doctors, you are within normal range where they're like, oh, you're fine. You're healthy. But dietitians look for functioning range, meaning you want to make sure that that's your body's actually like functioning at the proper state, not just getting by. The doctors look for, she's fine. She's getting by. Dietitians look for, no, she's good. She's thriving. She's healthy. And all of my normal ranges that my doctor said were okay. And she's like, absolutely not. You're in the low end of the normal range, which means you're in the low, low, low end, end of the functioning range. You're not functioning correctly. So she had me, you know, regulate all of that. She had me remove alcohol. She had me remove processed foods, junk, junk foods, all of that stuff that was actually just feeding my my gut worse foods, where I'm the worst bacteria. I ended up being super, super sensitive to gluten. And she just had me do that for like two and a half months, I believe. That was the first time. That was in the beginning of 2020. And guys, 2020, what a fun year, right? That was a year where the world shut down. Um, it just imagine healing your body going through all of this. And like I said, it's not a really pretty process, but it's very, very much worth it. Things always get worse before they get better because you're, you're, you're flushing out the toxins. You're flushing out what's bad in your body. So I started to notice that I was getting really bad headaches and I was feeling like crap, but it was part of the process. I was just like, kind of like shedding all of like the things that were in my body for so many years, I was getting rid of all of those things. But um, 2020 was a very hectic year. My stress levels shot through the roof for about maybe May until like November of 2020. I started to feel super depressed again. I started to feel my depression hit like an all-time high. And I was so confused because I was telling myself, you're already in the healing process. Why are you feeling like this? I was so frustrated. I went back to my emotional eating. I went back to hiding. I would literally get in my car and go get like 
fast food and eat in my car and come home and tell my boyfriend that I was hungry because I wanted to eat again and I would never tell him that I was eating bad food. I was hiding a lot of like what I was doing. I was coping with what I was feeling in a very unhealthy way and I was hiding it from people. And again, I got myself into a really, really dark depression that lasted from like October 2020 until like May 2021. And it was awful. I, I would literally only wear the same two dresses or the same three outfits because it was the only thing that fit me. I was super unhealthy. I was super uncomfortable. I was telling everybody, I'm on my gut healing journey but I wasn't really trying. I was so frustrated that it didn't work as much as I wanted to because I had also been dealing with these issues for like seven years. I was over it. I was like, I'm over this. I don't want to keep doing this. Like, why can't I just catch a break? Um, and, I, and I reached that point where I hit a wall. And unfortunately, when I hit the wall, I couldn't get over it. I, I crumbled. I fell, I fell down. And um, I got myself back into a really bad place. I stopped working with my dietitian for a while because I couldn't afford the supplements and everything like for a while, which guys, your health is priceless. Like I now know that obviously 2020 is a different story. A lot of people were taking pay cuts and I wasn't working and everything, but your health does not have a price. You need to find the money if you have to pay for things. And honestly, like I know so many things now, there's so many things that you don't have to take to heal your body, but there's like, there's just no price to feeling good. There's no price to being healthy and for your body to be thriving. So if investing in your health is something that doesn't sound like you want to do it, like really question if you're really serious about getting healthy, because when you're really serious about getting healthy, you'll do whatever it takes to really feel like that. So after being like that for a while, um, during this time, I was still looking up answers for the heck was going on in my body? Why am I growing hair in my face still? Why am I dealing with diarrhea every day? Why am I this? Why am I that? I'm a Googler. My Google is my best friend. And I started learning about everything being related to the gut. And I was like, okay, I know my dietitian's on, on like, she's on a good path. She's trying to help me. She taught me so many things. I already know what I have to do. I just have to do it. And it took me until May, 2021, when I started 75 hard that I really, that was for me, that has been my that's been my biggest pivotal moment for sure. If you guys don't know what 75 Heart is, it's a mental toughness program, which actually Danielle is also doing it now, which makes me so happy. But it's a mental toughness program that allows you to build confidence in yourself and grit and mental toughness and fortitude and boost your self-esteem. But it makes you do hard things, things that you think that you can never do to prove to yourself that you can do hard things. And during this process, you have to follow a diet. It's very scalable. It's not extreme or anything. People think it's so extreme, but when you're doing it, you're like, it's really not. It's something that we should be doing the diet that I chose was organic whole foods like I didn't cut out anything in particular other than processed foods I was like I don't want processed foods no junk foods no cheat meals none of that stuff because if I'm gonna heal my body I need to give it what it actually needs I don't want to be doing something good and then feeding like something bad back into it because it's not productive and that helped me a lot um 75 hard helped me because it also showed me that I was slacking and I was half-assing basically my process before I wasn't working out as much because when you're depressed you don't want to do anything I stopped working out I wasn't doing anything with 75 hard I started going for a walk every single day I started going to the gym again mind you guys I've I've always been active I've loved working out but depression took a hit on me and I didn't want to do anything anymore I started working out I started drinking water I started being more aware of my sleep I was super aware of what I was eating for me it was a very very big deal to cook at home I wanted to control what was going in my food. I wanted to know what oils I was using because a lot of things that a lot of oils that restaurants use are highly inflammatory, like canola oil, sunflower oil, peanut oil, and all of those things. You don't know how your food is being cooked when you eat out. So the first part of 75 Hard, I was like, I need to eat at home as much as possible. If I'm going to eat out, I'm going to eat out at healthy restaurants that I know how they cook their food. I would ask them about their oils. I was a pain in the butt, but I didn't care. It was for my you health. Have, yeah, you have to be. And I kind of want to, 
pause really quick and talk about depression. Like it's common, you know, and we can really talk ourselves into this feeling of depression. And like you said, you hit a wall because you weren't seeing those results as quickly as you wanted. And it's so easy for us to to resort back to what's comfortable. It's easy for us to focus on the negative. It's easy for us not to see how far we've come, but to see how how much further we have to go. And that is what really can rob us from our happiness. So I would love for you to talk about just a moment. You said you you hit a wall and you were in that moment of depression. What got you out of that? I know you said you started 75 hard. Was it just like, I'm just going to do this to like get you out of it? Or what was that exactly? Honestly, my biggest motivation at that point was to change simply how I was feeling. I got to the point only I everything wasn't so open about how depressed I was with my family because I was embarrassed. I would tell my friends I had I have three really, really close friends um, and we have a Snapchat group and we always like send Instagram stories, but to each other. <laughs> yeah. So I would always tell them like, I don't know what's going on. And I would send them like by nature. If you if you guys follow me on, on any social platform, like I am a documenter. I don't even know that's a word, but I document everything. I love to document everything. And something told me years ago when I was dealing with my health issues is take pictures, take videos. I have videos of my distension on my belly. I have videos of my poop. I have videos because I would take take pictures of my poop. Like I need to show this to my doctors. I have videos of, um, this is something very vulnerable. I haven't really spoken about this um, to a lot of people, but I had, I did have a miscarriage once. I wasn't trying to get pregnant. I ended up just happening and I ended up having a miscarriage and I have videos and pictures of that. It ended up being because of my PCOS. I have videos of everything and documenting it has been so amazing because I can share that with people now and people can relate to what's going on and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm dealing with the same thing. Um, this is super helpful, but documenting also helps because it shows you how bad things were once and where you are now, you start to really appreciate where you are now. So like I said before, I'm not fully healed, but I feel so much better now because I'm not where I was once because I can look back on the pictures that I took back then and I can see how much better I feel. But really what motivated me to get better and make that change was just, I was so tired of feeling insecure. My friends were like, you need to do something about it, Lau. Like you need to stop feeling sorry for yourself. I was the mayor of victimhood. I, I was just like, I feel bad for myself and poor me and my body just doesn't respond and my doctors just, they're not good. And I, I never once said, it's your fault Lau like you're eating crap you're not working out you're choosing to stay down it sounds rough now when you're dealing with depression you don't you don't want anyone to tell you that but you have to pull yourself out of it like you have to find that strength and we all have it within us like there's not one person out there that does not have the strength to do it it's just hard to find that strength but you have it and And, you know you saying that that was you I wouldn't have never guessed because you know I didn't know you then and you've totally have pulled yourself out of that like I totally see it and have you <laughs> you've transformed into a different person with a different mindset and it's just it's so beautiful you know diving back into those moments and just hearing you share like where you were at mentally and just how much things have changed it's just such evidence that really anybody like if you can do it if I can do it anybody, anybody. can do that Amen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that because sometimes we're human. Sometimes you start like questioning yourself. Did I really do the work? Am I really here? Am I an imposter? And it's been happening to me like over the last month. I've been dealing with a lot of things and I'm like, did I really do the work? I have anxiety again. Am I really doing the work? And it just goes to show like you're forever a project. You are always going to be working on yourself. You just have to choose to do that. So beautiful. 
yeah, you have to, you have to show up for yourself. So I was tired of feeling insecure, inflamed, depressed, overweight. I was tired of always wearing the same thing. I was always wearing this black jumper or this black dress with a uh, flannel wrapped around my waist because I, I wanted to like look thinner. I wanted to give myself a little waist. I was tired of not being able to interact in my relationships properly. It was taking a toll on my relationships like with everyone. I was moody. I was irritated. I just wasn't a pleasant person and I didn't like who I was. And I just knew I had to do better for myself. I knew that it was up to me. And for the first time I said, okay, this is my fault. I took ownership of my, of my health. It, it's just, nobody can save you but yourself. You have to, you have to want it and you have to call yourself out and you have to be so honest with yourself. I stopped feeding into the, but my mental health and I'm depressed and I'm anxious and I, I should lay down. I was like, no, I should get up and go outside and get some sun and get some fresh air and walk and drink water and eat healthier. I feel sad. I feel anxious. I should not be leaning towards food that makes me feel worse. I should be leaning towards food that makes me feel better. I started to become aware of how bad my mental health was, but I was feeding into those excuses instead of doing something about it. So I got to the point that I was like, I'm sick and tired of this. I want to feel like myself again. I'm not blaming anybody else. I'm not blaming absolutely a single other soul on this planet but myself for my health and that changed everything that changed everything for me I started taking my health super seriously last year I had my toes in the water with the whole gut health but I took it to a whole new level I put myself first also for the first time I'm, I'm a people pleaser by nature so I've I never was okay with putting myself first I felt guilty for putting myself first and when I was doing this program I had to put myself first I had to make sure that I had the time for my workout and my water and my and my food and reading my books and feeding my mind and making sure that I was doing things for myself because I realized that in order to be successful in my gut healing journey, I had to be successful in my mental health journey. I had to be in the right mindset to keep going because I knew that I was going to hit roadblocks again. I knew that I was going to hit obstacles and walls that were going to try to push me back. But if I equipped myself with a strong mindset, with fortitude, with grit, which if you guys don't know what grit is, I actually wrote it here because I wanted to share that because I feel like these are words that are thrown out. But if you don't really know what, they're, what they mean, you're like, oh yeah, grit, like she doesn't quit. No, grit literally means you persevere toward a goal that is difficult but not foolishly impossible so it's mm -hmm. just like you keep going you know that nothing is impossible but you have to push yourself because sometimes our, our, our mind tells us you can't do that oh you're you're uncomfortable go lay down go have a tub of ice cream go have a freaking pizza you deserve it you don't you don't feel good so you have to build that mental toughness to, to push yourself through all of those temptations all of those obstacles you have to build fortitude fortitude is what allows you to remain resilient in the face of obstacles and I had many of them guys and when you're healing you're gonna have many of them and most importantly I developed discipline I've always been like a mediocre performer I never was the best at anything and I was tired of that too I was like I want to learn to be the best at something and I know that I'm the best for myself at healing myself I'm the best at showing up for myself and that's all that matters to me like that's made all the difference in my life um you need mental toughness to to be on a healing journey. You need to build mental toughness because healing journeys, like I said, they're not cute, but you're going to have a lot of self-doubt. You're going to have a lot of imposter syndrome. You're going to have a lot of, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't feel like doing it. And it's going to be a lot of emotions. You have to be bigger than your emotions because you cannot let your emotions alter your actions. And mm. that was just like, that was huge for me. 
Lau, I literally got chills as you were sharing that. This is so good. I love this conversation so much. And talking about this mental toughness you have to have and putting yourself first, that is such a huge, huge thing because I can totally relate with you there. And I didn't even think about relating that with 75 Heart, where you have to put yourself first when you are doing this program because there's going to be distractions that pop up. There's going to be people saying, let's go to this like cookout or let's go to this party and you're going to, you know, feel tempted to have a drink and have a sip of alcohol, which part of the program, you're not supposed to have any alcohol or, you know, have nachos or whatever it is. And it is resorting back to that mental toughness, but putting yourself first, I didn't relate that with the program. And so I love that you just highlighted that for me. So what would you say, just closing out here, what would be that first step that you would tell somebody, say that they are in that boat of maybe being a victim of their own mind or their actions and they're feeling at a low place about themselves. Maybe they're feeling like, uh, I'll never create this change that I want to in my life, whether it be mentally or physically, whatever it is that you're going through, what would be the first step for that person or biggest piece of advice that you would have for that person? Take your power back. Take your power back in the sense of take responsibility for your life. The moment that you keep saying, I could never, I could never be like her. I could never have what she has because I don't have this, this, this. You're giving those things that you're using as excuses, your power. You're allowing that to be stronger than your own power to control your own life. So take responsibility for yourself. Take your power back. Say, absolutely not. I'm not going to keep saying excuses that are going to hold me back. You can blame other people all you want, other circumstances or other outside factors, but that's not going to help you in any way, shape, or form. All it's doing is going to keep pushing you back. No one is responsible for your health but you. I cannot express that enough. You need to be aware of that before you get started because, like I said, you're going to have moments where you're going to be like, what's the point of this? I don't want to do this. But you need to know that it's up to you. And Apart from that, I think it's you have to be okay with delayed gratification. Like that's definitely a thing. But my my biggest first step is pick a day and just start. Don't wait for Monday. Don't wait for after your birthday. Don't wait for after your friend's birthday that you're going to go party. Like stop. I'm going to say this because when I just have 75 hard for me, I was so nervous because one of my best friend's birthdays was like two weeks after I started and I was contemplating whether or not I was going to have a drink at her birthday party, but continue 75 hard. And I was like, if I do that, I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it to celebrate her birthday, but I'm doing this for me. I'm doing this for myself. I need to put myself first. So put yourself first, put yourself first, pick a day to get started on your healing journey and be patient with yourself, have grace with yourself, but call yourself out and be honest with yourself. A lot of times people say, oh, have grace with yourself, be patient with yourself, you know, feed into your mental health. And I get mad because a lot of people are out there saying, oh, take care of your mental health, sleep all day and eat bad and all of that. But that's not taking care of your mental health. That's making you worse. So be realistic with yourself when you feel like taking care of your mental health. What does that really mean? Does that mean feeding yourself better food, moving your body, getting some sunlight, spending time with friends. But like know that the things that you're putting in your body really matter when it comes to healing. The things that you're listening to, the things that you're seeing, the people that you hang out with, all of that matters. You are going to be able to understand a lot more of your healing journey when you start to actually do it. When you start to actually feel a difference in, you know, your mood and physically and the weight will start to shut off with consistency. Be patient. Don't interrupt the compound effect. Something that people don't realize is the compound effect only works two ways. There's no three ways. It only works two ways. It either puts you forward or it puts you back. People think that if they don't act on their goals 
they stay in the same place. Absolutely not. You fall back. You, you go further, further back every single day. I think that that's something super important. I hear people all the time like, oh, I'll start, I'll start next week because I'm fine for now. All of the time that you're not starting, you're not staying in the same place. You're going backwards. You're further and further away from where you want to be. So don't interrupt the compound effect in the sense of once you start, stay consistent. Do it for yourself. It's so worth it. There's nothing like feeling good in your body. There's nothing like feeling like you have that power to take yourself out of a place where you thought you were never going to get out of and be successful in doing so. I I get emotional talking about it because I never thought I was going to be able to get myself out of where I was last year. It it was a really, really sad. It was a really, really dark place for me. Like I had physical anxiety symptoms. Like my body would just shake out of nowhere. I was having those, those, they were the shakes. I was sitting down and it, it, it's almost like as if when you're cold and you're shivering and I had that constantly and I'm like, what the heck is that from? And I thought I was going to have it for life. I thought it was just something that I was going to have to deal with. And I'm I'm so far away from where I was before because I started. I was aware of delayed gratification. I was aware of the compound effect and I was aware that I had to do it for myself. I love this so much. Lau, thank you so much for sharing your story and also for sharing and being real about your journey because, you know, maybe you're listening and you're, you've tried to get better, but you've fallen back and you, you're, you're now sitting in that like, well, I don't want to try and fail again, but I want to just encourage you really listening to Lau's story of how she did fall back, right? Like she said, we're a project that we're working on and we're going to fail. It's, it's inevitable. We're going to have moments of weakness, but it's about how you get back up. And so I hope that, you know, her story encourages you no matter where you are in your journey to just take that power back to know like you can start today. You can start whenever you want to. And so thank you so much, Lau. I love this conversation. I had so much fun. This is amazing. All right, let's bring it in, giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of Blackouts to Breakthroughs podcast. And you know what? You just deserve it. The reviews and subscriptions mean a lot to me. So if you love today's episode, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any other episodes. Also, I'd love to hear your takeaways. So feel free to screenshot this episode, put it in your stories and tag me at Blackouts to Breakthroughs on Instagram with your biggest takeaways so I can connect with you and reshare your post. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, friend.